You are listening to Drop Tent Media Network. Uh, my undocumented ass podcast. With Che Guerrero. The winds really change talk. in one direction. They got to harass someone else. I get it. I get exactly. it. Like, people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Hey, welcome to another episode of My Undocumented Ass Podcast. I was so grateful for Bella Sin to sit down and talk to me. They are an amazing burlesque performer, but above that, they are an undocumented advocate. We get into their advocacy work, their rogue activism, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and how you right now need to listen to people of color, how they're mobilizing and what they're doing so you can you know, take the same kind of enthusiasm and bring it to your fight. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation because I know I did. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh how are you today um conflicted a little angry and annoyed at white people but that's a regular on a monday oh it's um, great you know what's crazy we started recording right you said annoyed at white people so that's the first thing our audience is gonna hear today <laughs> fantastic <You're> perfect <laughs> uh before we start into that i just want to give you a quick ex- introduction uh thank you uh bella sin i know you on mostly from tiktok they them uh, you a lot, do a lot of uh, work, a lot of activism with the undocumented community. And I saw a lot of the stuff you sent me. So, you know, we're going to talk a lot about your, your work and your advocacy and your personal stuff as well. All the other stuff you do outside of that. But uh, yeah, what's uh, we were talking about, like, what's just I know this weekend was just it's been a crazy like two weeks here in the United States. Uh, last time this the last time an episode dropped for this podcast, Roe v. Wade was still in place. Like, that's how crazy these last two weeks have been. It's, um, has anybody thought about giving America a Xanax? <laughs> just like, chill, bro. Does she, does she need help? Uh, <laughs> just but, all the other countries take it to the bathroom. It's like, you are being too much right now. No, we, we need to go ahead and have a full-on intervention. Yeah. Like a full-on intervention, like paperwork and stuff. Like, yeah. do we need, we need to figure it out because, um. <laughs> so i live in ohio and right. the abortion yes. here has never ended because okay. we're a republican state unfortunately we like to say that we live individually in cleveland cincinnati columbus and stuff like that okay they're like little islands of like mm-hmm. non-conservative people mm-hmm. so we say I just that- end up comedy so I, I actually ohio is one of those states i travel to the most columbus uh Toledo, I've been to a bunch. Yeah, I mean, so I, I I've only been to Cleveland. No, I, I've been to Cleveland actually. Well, yeah. yes, I went to Cleveland. I went to Cleveland once. Yeah, yes, to that, yes, that yes, borderline yes. festival. The borderline festival. Yeah, 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 that's right. I've been to Cleveland. Excuse me, my bad. Checking me. I love that. <laughs> and that's how I found. I was like, that guy looks from Che. What yeah. did you do in Cleveland last year that you? Did? <laughs> I was like, hello. Uh, I put together my uh, my one man show, my my one person showish at the time. I was kind of like debuting it secretly. I, I hate that I missed it, but I was like <laughs> in the midst of, um, I think we were still dealing with the rates in Ohio at that time. Yeah, yeah, we were. So yeah. I had a busy summer. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, living here, the the right to even exist as a femme femme presenting trans woman in Ohio is just like literally ridiculous. And, and on top of that, being black, brown, indigenous, to to some of the equations, I'm just like y'all. One day, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. one day, vacation, yeah. one day. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's um, 
that's kind of like something that I noticed a lot this weekend was um so you know the un- the terrible thing happened uh, with Jalen Walker something else terrible we're talking about all day with Jalen Walker the gentleman that was in Akron yep that's 45 minutes away from my house um I can I have nothing nice to say about Akron PD um as well we should like period it's it's weird to me that not that far away from Akron we had Tamir Rice. So, and then on top of that, we had a bunch of, a bevy of police violence because Cleveland is a majority black city. Regardless of what people say, Cleveland's a black city, black Mm -hmm. history. It's an amazing amounts of history that people like to bury here. So seeing what's going on, because we first got, I think it was on signal that we all got the, the alarms for all the activists to start rolling it and as we're rolling with information and getting like protests together and listening to black leadership um some of us just i work as the pickup so if you need bell bond i i get a call i call somebody else if you need to be taken out of somewhere i drive my car (laughs) pick you up yeah take you yeah so because you know what's it's, it's when people message me on Instagram and they go, um, you know, this is my issue. You know, this is what I'm going through. They will always like to leave the message going like, hey, stay in contact with the community. You know, if anything happens to you, just know you're not alone. That's the one thing I try to tell a lot of undocumented people because fortunately, a lot of us, uh, you know, want to remain in the shadow with reason. Everybody has to do it in their own terms and time. But I always tell people, please just stay in contact with us. There's a lot of things going on that people can help you or, you know make some noise, rattle some cages, you know what I mean? Just do something for you. I think a lot of the the new generation of people that are here undocumented have very big voices and are no longer afraid yeah. to, to say anything. But like with what I've seen throughout my life, because when there were a couple of times people tell me, Where, when did you come here? I was like, well, legally or... The other time, because mm-hmm. what do you mean the other time? I was like, well, <laughs> I was, my parents took us to Dallas, not in the legal status. Right. Um, and then we get, we did get rematriculated to, to Mexico. That's what they wanted to call it. Okay. So I was like, we got the port of death. Got- <laughs> oh, I, I was like, was this like, no, I really was like, was it like a transfer program that you guys, no, okay. No, it was, it was like, a fancy it was government like a word, nice for, word yeah. for, yeah rematriculation oh because it was her first offense or whatever um oh these fancy noun that, words yeah they like they like to downplay words but um that was my birth father at the time but um most of my family came here without papers and the second time we came here with papers was because my mom remarried but like always 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 when i said i was mexican they're like oh so do you and i was like and that's where we started the dance of can i trust you mm-hmm. <laughs> do you are you oh and I, was, and I would just shake my head not knowing yeah so i did it to a, a person that was not to be trusted yeah and my mom had to come to the office to show our residency cards so you just uh confessing this to this person they just ran and and ran to someone 
No, I just told them that, uh, yes, I'm safe because they didn't know back then when I was 14 that that meant, are you undocumented? Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. And I didn't know that we had processed paperwork. Oh, so you still weren't sure at the time even. Yeah, so. Oh, but, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, and I think it was like some stupid girl from my class that was like, like she was also Mexican, but she's been here born and raised mm. with her parents for a couple of decades in like. She just went and said something to to the principal and got me in trouble. And I was just like that that mistrust. I think it's built even with our own people trying to figure out who to trust. Yeah. Like trust yeah. networks are such a big deal right now. Over here in Cleveland, we have the um, IRTF okay. Interreligious Task Force of Central America. Her name is Chrissy. Oh, my God. They have built such a beautiful network of safety for undocumented immigrants. Okay. Here, amazing Lim Tremonte, another one. Amazing, amazing and immigrants from everywhere, not just Latino or Mexicano, like Congolese. Um, recently, we had to find a lot of immigrants, um, Israeli immigrants housing. We had to find people from the Ukraine housing. And I know that's a hot topic with a lot of people right now. Yeah, yeah. I've, so, I've, had, I've had my things, but you know what? This is the kind of thing where like, <laughs> you, you have to bring everybody into the fold, you know, and try to help everybody. That's that's kind of like the thing that that is always uh, that I try to want to talk about like the whole Ukraine thing. Like, I want people to help Ukraine. I just want also for the same energy to be when we need help. You know what I mean? That's exactly. all. It's all like, you know, make sure that the networks are in place and the kindness and the quickness with everything, you know, because that's also the thing is the, the, the accessibility of the process should never be by location or by skin color or by yeah. language. It should also it should be for everybody or nothing. And that's what I think I learned as you know, you're your parents' translator. Yeah. So my mom's translator because I'm also the oldest and the one that came here with her. So I was her translator for everything. And that's when I started learning and picking up the the hours and hours we spend at immigration. Like nobody talks about the hours and hours and hours you used to have to wait just to get one thing. Yeah. 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 People are like, oh, they don't rip documents up like that. I was like, yeah, we've seen it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I just actually uh, I had to leave my job at, a, at an immigration nonprofit law firm. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I like that they're they're doing great work. I just personally, <laughs> this is me just talking for myself because anybody finds out what I work. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about myself. I just saw how. uh absurdly slow everything is like i had gone through my own process i thought that was maybe just like me but when i have like 30 clients that are all poor darn people with money this is not not for profit so you know we have to make sure and then the thing that that, that really frustrated me is that we could only really help the good immigrants i'm using this quotation mark if anybody isn't like you know you see me because it had to be people like well you came here with you know with a visa and and you did this and now you're married and now you got this money and now you could do you know what i mean so there was like yes they were they were below the poverty line but they still had a lot of good things that they had done right and then when people called us up and they were like we were like uh you know i have this issue they're like up oh, sorry call someone else you know like not not in that coldness but like sorry we can't help you call someone else no it is that coldness period because there's like don't get me started about some organizations that call themselves aid to immigration or immigrant activist or anything when they're really secretly my husband likes to say you want to steal money start a nonprofit." Yeah. and a lot of these nonprofits is that they're helping immigrants because we saw it in norwalk are not helping immigrants like a 25 dollars gift card is not going to do jack mm -hmm. for somebody that is in a mentality of an emergency like mm -hmm. trauma 
Yeah. And like even people like when I was taking food over there, I was like, I don't care who takes it. I just care if you need it, take it. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's that's how we operated. That's why we went. We decided to be rogue volunteers versus like attach ourselves to some organizations. Yeah. Because we saw the corruption within the organization. Like, and when I stepped up and said something mm-hmm. and challenged this person, mm-hmm. they started coming after me. And I was just like, nah, wow. nah, siéntate. <laughs> yeah, I like, don't understand what I'm saying, but yeah. like we have to call these organizations accountable because it's either you help everybody. Or you just you're just the same thing, like just co-opting a movement of emergency. Like you can't tell them no. Yeah. Like, you yeah. can't still provide networks of security and accessibility. And that's that's what it was like. I think that's why I nonprofits sometimes unless I I I like to do the research on them before I get involved now. Mm-hmm. But like I learned my lesson it was like some nonprofits are not for me to work at. Cause I even tell them it was like do you understand how loud I am and how like I don't tape my mouth yeah, shut? Yeah, nice yeah. Or be yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like that that went on the out of the window a couple years ago. <laughs> you know, I had to actually that was part of my exit interview that I actually uh, appreciate that my boss said to me. They were they knew about my TikTok, you know. They uh, it, this nonprofit also has a theater where I'm doing a lot of like comedy stuff with the kids or whatever. So when they let me go, they were like, um you know, you're not very good at this job. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like, it's not that I didn't like helping them, but it's just like, again, like it's just like doing intake then setting up these meetings and then another meeting and another meeting. And then I realized like I've been working there three months and we really hadn't really gotten anybody to citizenship yet. You know? So it was so like, I was like, no man, I need to do something more than this. And my boss uh, during the exit interview was like, you know, you're really bombastic. You're really loud and just being in an office is just something you just seem like you just can't manage. It's like you're being cooped up. So just just be loud and find somewhere else to be loud. And I kind of was like the best inter- like exit. It was like, you know what? I have always tried to like, you know, <laughs> tone it down and find jobs. They're like, man, I just I just need something to pay my bills, you know, and we all do. But I realized like, no, nah, I just I like, you know, doing the work and being active and not just, you know, like you like I like the way you say you're rogue activist. That makes sense. Like, yes, get a bunch of food together, take it out. Who needs it? Here you go. Like not have to get a paperwork and a bureaucracy and set up a Sunday and maybe, you know, and and like just I saw so many charity events put on. I'm like, how much money did we spend on this event? You know what I mean? The first place. Well, you know, like I usually tell people like I was just like, you would be surprised and what I see. And I think that's why I started documenting a lot of the things that I do um without talking too much about it because like tiktok has been my escapism Mm -hmm. but also my information source Mm -hmm. like i get i get tidbits of information and i i go back to my other channels because when we found out about the raid in norwalk it was as it was happening like Mm -hmm. i was getting a call from somebody was literally running for their life Mm. on my facebook so that's how intertwined my facebook is my instagram is super intertwined into that so and people are like, oh, two factor verifications. It was like, girl, I had that since like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have messages there nobody can find. Yeah. But like, the thing, the thing is, it's just like you never see the opportunity of how people will stand for the immigrant community unless you start knocking down doors. And like, for example, they couldn't pick all the food that is out there in their those free food markets that are done by different organizations. Mm-hmm comes from the food bank the food bank can't directly help immigrants undocumented immigrants but 
all that food that they leave in those locations, not a lot of it gets picked up. So we started grabbing volunteers and grabbing tons and tons of fresh produce and other food and driving it to Norwalk from Cleveland. Like mm. I'm talking about four to five cars. That food went to spoil. They were instructed to throw it away. You know what all these people said, even mm. from churches? Take it. We'll load it in your car for you. Take it. And inherently, we fed a whole community of undocumented Im immigrants in Norwalk for six months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, some people were saving the seats from, and it was not just Mexicanos. It was indigenous Mexicans there, too. It was Salvadoreños, Dominicanos. It was like everybody was there in that. Or everywhere. <laughs> but, like, they got smart, and they had a free plot. And we looked at the manager of the place of, like, I think it was, like, a trailer park. And I was like, hey, can they just buy that land and make it, like, he's like, well, no, but they can plant stuff. They planted a whole freaking, like, garden that kept giving to the community from the food that we took them, from the seeds that they were able to sell. For six months, they were able to feed themselves. Well, no, we kept feeding them for six months. Yeah, yeah, but oh, just from your efforts, you were able to feed them for six months. Yeah. But like every every spring, summer, they had food. You know, they shared yeah. it. It was a community shared till a lot of them moved out oh. of that area. <laughs> Some people kept the garden going. But like usually here in Ohio, it's it's like there is resources in Colorado, there is resources, but even right now, what we're seeing in Ohio, because it's growing, the Latino community is growing exponentially fast. Wow. Like super fast. That I'm just like. It used to be like we didn't talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where last Hispanic Heritage Month. I was so busy. Yeah. I was like, ¿Qué pasó? <laughs> it was like, like going on 2021. Found out I'm Mexican now. They want to talk yeah. to me. What about usually it's like, oh, you're a burlesque performer, right? I was like, yeah. And oh, oh, about LGBTQ rights or activism with women community or like whatever. And then they're like, do you want to do an interview like about you being Mexican? And I was like. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um no over here it's growing so much, but that was like, something else we talked about about nonprofits in the dis in, in the in, in the industry in the cities, a lot of them not being able to offer proper resources that are actually open to undocumented people. Like, what like free time? clinics, uh -huh. free clinics and the LGBTQ center. They're open to undocumented people. Oh, okay. They See, this got information that they don't ever they don't talk about that kind of stuff. Nope, they don't they but they don't have any resources in saying it in Spanish or a connection to the LGBTQIA community in the Latino areas because a lot of us are still, you know, undercover. But I mean, just I think I think <laughs> on the fact that like even on TikTok, the fact that captions aren't in Spanish and you're like, we're a majority of TikTok users and you can't put a caption in Spanish, you're ridiculous. I go in and I edit them myself, but I know that that's not, that's not where it's supposed to be. But like, I think when I was talking to one of my friends, as I was like, I think there's a magic between Latinos conversing in Spanish and then indigenous Latinos conversing in Nahuatl or Raramuri or any other of the indigenous languages, because I think we're connecting in a way that our ancestors did verbally, but we're learning. Like I have a lot of people that are learning Spanish from TikTok that are dreamers that were here that didn't learn Spanish. Mm. And then there's a lot of people that are reconnected indigenous people like myself and are learning their languages and processes better. 
and are learning how to activate their their abilities to help marginalized people in indigenous communities in Mexico and South America. Like there is something good from TikTok that's coming from that. And that's the mobilization of youth. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do find. Yeah. I I do find that um, when I get to talk to people in Spanish, that have like full blown like ideology in Spanish. It does feel very freeing, very liberating to to, to be able to do it. And I wish I could do it more. You know, I I wish I was surrounded more. Like that's one thing I said about leaving this job is that uh, I spoke to Spanish people all day and it felt really really great and just to connect with them and they kept calling me a paisa and i'm like oh i haven't heard that <laughs> paisa. i was like oh yeah i haven't heard that in a while you know so it felt really like you know you just feel so connected with with your own community like that in your language um here there's an organization called the young latino network and i love them i actually became members of them in the comité mexicano um because i i think to me it took me a long time to be accepted into the community because of I think when you come to this country as an immigrant, not only do you need to assimilate, mm-hmm. but you need mm-hmm. to do like that whole brainwashing thing. And I had I had a lot of brainwash. Oh. I had a lot of brainwash, mostly from my like birth father's family. And if you guys are listening to it, you already know. So why are you complaining? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have family like that too. I'm like, if anybody listens to whatever, you know, when I get well, like, to you. They already know who I am. So what's the problem? Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, is like, I'm the lightest skin in my family. And I'm like, I used to ask, I was like, why am I not brown? Like my cousin and have long black hair and black eyes. Like, am I defective? I always saw mm. whiteness as a defect. Oh. And they used to tell me, it's like, oh, para mejorar la raza, mija. And I was like, no. <laughs> am I adopted? Like, <laughs> like, no, mejor la raza. I was like, am I adopted though? <laughs> so like that was not an excuse to me. And I was like, like, and it was weird the way that like my mom's family was very humble and very, very much like, you know, we were we were poor. We grew up with our means, they immigrated like without papers in the United States. There was like that struggle. And then my birth father's family, like they had struggles, but <laughs> nobody saw me do that little hand gesture. The people's nice. Oh my God. Um, exactly. Privado. Los privado. But they relish in knowing English and being white Mexicans and, and all that. And they did have privilege. And like even my uncle, they would call him La Negra. We know it was is a term of endearment in certain parts of Mexico to say that, but there was times that there was a tone to it. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Tal- salió quemado, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, and I for, was just like, "That's not nice." Yeah, the term <laughs> that always changes for me is uh, when I have my afro, my family would be like, "Mira ese greño," so <laughs> so they'll be like, yeah, so they'll be like, so they'll be like, "Ay qué greño," or "Mira ese greño." So I'm like. Okay, because it's the kind of word we're like, it's like, are you are you insulting me as a slur, or you're saying like, look at that, you know? So it's like, so it, it cuts to me when they mira segreño. You see, it's like I kept telling my mom always kept telling me because like, my mom's family was very supportive of everything. Like they were very like you you respect people and you do this, but like when we came to this country, it was not about like respecting other people. It's like you stay quiet, you head down, you don't yeah. say where you're from, you don't yeah. talk to anybody about where you live. And if a cop stops you, you don't run. Yeah. I didn't do any of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got in trouble school a lot. Because yeah. I was going to post-Columbine age. Oh. And of course, la gotica, la rara. 
Um, <laughs> that up, that's what I ended up finding some kind of um, acceptance from because like Latino people are like, nah, you like that weird Marilyn Manson music. I did at the time, not yeah. any longer. He's a jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah. We came <laughs> well, a while ago, actually. And um, same with Metallica. No Metallica like revival period i'm sorry yeah done <laughs> i love that you know your stuff too because i'm like okay okay i love i love rock but i'm not gonna put up with that shit. like this is that's why they hate like latinos like you're like you're ruining this you know like like my my, my partner's really like into norse gods and stuff like that and then like they're like black people who are like oh you know like want to follow the culture and stuff like that and that kind of that has so much racism in it that it's just like it's just it's just so crazy how these you know re- I mean religion always has so much racism in it. So I'm talking about, but I'm just saying I I see what you're talking about. Yeah, you but know? like it's the it was the whole like once I I the the moment that I woke up I remember my teacher, Mr. Mikowski was his name, teacher saying, it's ridiculous that you would develop this amount of self hate when you're literally the thing that they're trying to kill for celebrating, mm-hmm. and I was like. That doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Why doesn't make sense? <laughs> so I started being political in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, I'm fucking Mexican. What's your problem? Like, wow. you want to go? Like, and that was the peleonera. I was like, well, I'm from Chihuahua, so that's why. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's the, it was the whole, like, you are not going to. Um, I used to also say, like, my friend Foxy Tan later in life, like, uh, after I was a burlesque performer for a while. Mm-hmm. I used to say it was like, oh, it's because I'm Mexican. She's like, bitch, stop. Oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, you got girls in this. I okay. like, I'll say you're Mexican like it's a bad thing. Own it. Yeah. You are yeah. Mexican and you're beautiful and you're amazing. And she's, she like woke me up from the second. But I think it's like we start compartmentalizing and feeling guilty about who we are yeah. and shaming it that like whiteness takes over us. And the whole point of that conversation that I was getting to is that a lot of us, that are over here, documented or undocumented, create this weird parabola situation mm-hmm. of being against each other. Mm-hmm. Because we're here the good way or here the bad way. Mm-hmm. And here, if I won't see three nonprofits come in, like capitalize on that. Yeah. And yeah. capitalize on that. Well, you know, you have to turn them in. And, I'll, or, or, and I was like, now mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you get close to them and I'm like, watch me <laughs> yeah. uh, but like it's it's this 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 weird world with like nonprofits of of not holding themselves accountable knowingly that they have the power and that's why i like the, the young latino network here because young latinos creating change mm-hmm. putting forward ideas of pushing against the grain of the regular ideology of being a latino yeah. So and like Selena Pagan is one of the people that had said, and I absolutely love her. Yeah. She's she's taught me so much in such short amount of time, and she was telling me she's like, we need a loud ass Mexicana for this. I was like, at your service. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want. I want to see like a, a political party, you know, put together by you know Latin people, so we can put candidates up that are a little more progressive and not just this moderate craft that it's you know co-signed by white america like i'm tired of putting up candidates that are co-signed by white america i don't you know that's one thing that as a comedian every time like i got called into like i'll say a second city or some white establishment for some kind of latinx festival or something like that no offense i knew it was going to be the most uh honky-tonk latinx person i've ever seen in my life 
You know what I mean? It's going to be some Latinx person that's going to be chucking and jiving. I'm like, yo, man, this isn't Latinx festival. It's a white dude festival with a little bit of salt on it. You need to put a gobo on it. It's, that guy's salt, man. Don't got seasoning on it. You know, I so think... that that was just that that that's what frustrates the fuck out of me is these organizations that are being run or, or these candidates that are being put up. There are these these moderate, you know, white ass kissers. I'm gonna say it. That's that's the ideology I think that the current generation is trying to break because we don't have to talk to you nice. Like the the whole thing with like Roe v. Wade, we've been screaming about it for years, years, years. And you just sought to cancel 4th of July after it happened, man. Yeah. And they're like, well, you have to be like the first day that they overturned it. I was getting ready for the overturn. It was like I sat down and like, I was just like, I usually would call my mom and have the conversations. Like she recently passed. So like, I miss her a lot through those. Mm. But, but like, I'll sit there and having a conversation out loud and sometimes just say the things that I need to say to hear them back. But like, I come to understand that it only is of interest to our people to organize but as soon as our people organize and get too loud and get too proud and get too 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 armed there will be a white person that infiltrates that movement and co-ops and takes it mm -hmm. and that's what it's happening in front of us because now everybody's like we were saying there's been kids in cages for how long and like when did you decide it was a good idea to not celebrate fourth of july just yeah. this year okay cool um mindy so yeah. that's what people like coming down on me on tiktok they're like why are you making these videos calling our white white lawyers giving out free advice i'm like because you're centralizing yourself in this again we've been saying for a long time that we are in trouble i've never heard lawyers like hey here's a way to jam log the system so we can help you know black people not be mass incarcerated but all of a sudden all these lawyers have tricks to like i said jog like uh you know jam up the system so so white women don't go to jail, as they shouldn't, as they shouldn't. They're given great advice, but the energy wasn't there for people of color. The energy the energy is never going to be in there because, like, when I was, um, me having gone into some of these detention centers as a volunteer, as a person that's trying to help translate, I translate for free for anybody. Mm -hmm. So if anybody out there ever needs anything, just, you know, get a hold of me through socials. Everybody knows where I go. Even like I find immigrant communities to everywhere I tour in burlesque. They find me. So, <laughs> so, so I was like, paisa, paisa. <laughs> but like it's it's this desperation, I think, now that they feel that we felt in this like idea. It's kind of I'm going to say this is going to be controversial, but it's kind of nice to see them unarmed like we were. Yeah. yeah. And like we currently are. Yeah. So. Yeah. To me right now, even seeing them, I do appreciate Betty from accounting trying to go ahead and put her first rally together, very much so. But I don't need them to be like, well, we're going to co-opt your the ways that you do things because it's going to be better for us. It'll be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's, it's just frustrating because white folks don't understand when they're in danger until I think some people are just like, to make a joke out of it, I think some people are total bottoms and like being total bottoms. I was going to say, my grandma, God rest her soul, used to say, nada va a cambiar porque la gente son masoquista. A ellos le gusta que, ellos le gustan el dolor. Son masoquista, coño. Yes. Like that, son masoquista. Yes. Le gustan, le gustan. Ay, dame otro. 
And that's, my grandma, that's, I was like, Grandma, that's perfect. It doesn't translate so well. They're masochists. It doesn't have that same um, you know, but the way you say it's masochista, coño, le gusta. A los gringos le gusta que they le like más. It. They like it at this point because they live in a certain idea of, um, like, authority that they have to go through. And, like, I unfortunately have to have these conversations with my husband and my husband's wife. Mm-hmm. I did not choose to fall in love with him, but I did. Here, I'm like, freaking gay pansexual like non-binary person that's latinx and i was like oh you yeah 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 Uh, i'm in the same same boat as you white partner sometimes you get into those frictions that you're like you're there i I love you but but i but there's still something you're holding on to that i just it it breaks my heart sometimes all i I chose i told my my friends i was like i chose to constantly educate this one white man one i said one Mm -hmm. Everybody else is on their own. Um, but like with him, he gets it. He gets it. But like, I also have to understand that I married a punk that's against authority that doesn't like anybody telling anybody what to do mm-hmm. and like hates people and it's antisocial. I married Grumpy Cat. Oh my God. You just described my partner a lot better than I think I could describe my partner. Yes. She is like a, she, she, she likes hip hop and stuff like that, but in the sore, like tattoo punk, kind of like, like, you know, she did a lot of grunging back in her day and stuff. Anti establishment. And, and somehow I don't know. Her how friends threw paint at like people who were like, you know, uh, you know, fox skins and stuff. So she's from that, like, yeah. So she hates, and especially a man. Oh my God. God forbid. You know, but, but I understand her. No, but I'm saying like, but she's so like been hurt and stuff. So it's very hard. To sometimes like really explain to her about race, about things because she's like she thinks that I'm just like lecturing instead of trying to educate. Oh, like like it comes to a point that me and him had to like kind of put the hold on. We don't talk about this in the house because he is one. He's he's afraid when I go out to. I only go out to protest when city officials are there. Oh wow! So um, you go out during the most dangerous time where everybody's on high alert. Everybody can see my hair. There's not exactly yeah. a way that you can hide me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to stay home. And showing up, I think, as a person that is also an entertainer and a public person, I think people see you and see and relate what you're about. Um, also, I do have my arch nemesis that I have to battle with. Um, <laughs> some of the protesters, they're like, Oh, there you are. I was like, oh, how did you get along? Was that a good pandemic for you? That's great. So yeah. sad that you didn't see yourself out of here. So, <laughs> so they think I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're you're a little more militant than most, which is which is what what puts some people off. Would you say? Um, I stop giving a fuck if I'm militant or not. I stop, yeah. like, yeah, literally yeah, that, that's that. even that's we, not even the way to think about to. it. We have to, because you know what? Some truths need to be told, and they're not going to be nice. They're not going to be pretty. They're not going to be okay. They're not going to be sitting well in your ears. Nothing's going to be delivered in the way that somebody's going to want it delivered. Mm -hmm. And when I deliver it, I just say it at the point. Like, I stop giving fucks. I'm really mal hablada sometimes. I (laughs) I stop caring when, in 2015, they told me it could never happen. 2016, he gets elected. Oh, this is not going to last. He's going to get impeached. I stop believing yeah 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 care to hear it and also like white america does nothing but lie to you 
they lie to you. They, 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 they're lying to themselves. Actually, they're lying to themselves, and we're the stupid ones for believing them. We're actually going to the wrong person for therapy. For believing them, <laughs> we were, we were in a very weird way, always growing up and taught that there is hope, that mm -hmm. there is, that there is always something good in somebody. There's mm -hmm. always something that is going to work out. Con la bendición de Dios, o con la palabra de Dios, or whatever, all this religious mm -hmm. thing that sometimes, but it was like, we were raised with hope. Yeah. They were not raised with hope. They were raised with privilege. <sighs> we would get down and pray for our next meal. They will get their next meal and pray for an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's, that's, that was such a beautiful ring. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. And I want that book. I mean, my my partner's favorite movie, and I, I hate to say this, I never call I call her out on ones, but her favorite movie of all time is a uh, Christmas vacation. You know what the plot of that whole movie is? Yeah. That the guy doesn't have a bonus check to put a pool in. He's he has a big house, a giant tree, all this stuff, and the whole plot of the movie is is my boss gonna give me a bigger check than I already have. You see, my husband's favorite movie is Home Alone, and I choose to understand <laughs> that he likes violence at certain points. So, but then he tells me he's like he's like, I like Batman, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> he's like, well, he has superpowers. I was like, you know what his superpower is? White privilege. White privilege. He has money. He created, he hired scientists. He did generational also, wealth. He goes, yeah. He goes to the gym. He yeah. goes to the gym. He got Asian people to teach him their ways <laughs> and then brought it back to America and made it. Yeah. It's, it literally it's is the whole anything, yoga. The most correct version of Batman was the, um, the Chris Vale or whatever, Christian Bale version, yeah. where he has Alfred as a black man. Yeah. Because yeah. that's. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was Lucius. It was Lucius. People get mad if they say Alfred because Michael King was Alfred. Lucius was the tech guy who was making uh Morgan Freeman was the tech guy. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. that sells me more than yeah. the Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that was a good movie. I'm gonna I'm I'm sorry about that. Like that describes the orange ones following yeah. to yeah, the yeah. so although My... I, I wasn't prepared, I'm gonna say this. I wasn't prepared for um the guy from um, <laughs> the girl next door to be the evil guy. That was uh, my thing is uh, huh? Do you know why I mean that? Why? So we're taught that the nerdy, geeky dude oh. is harmless, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And eventually he'll crack and turn into a bad person. Yeah. Oh the wow! Dude is usually wow. the person that is liberal mm -hmm. that understands being kind to other people yeah and usually most of the people of color go and hang out with him because they have they feel bad because they actually have an emotional stances of how to deal with people that are getting bullied because we get bullied all the time mm. so these are the people that are that i we get into movies in the way that we talk about about them <laughs> i don't know if anybody actually this is you know what if you talk a lot about movie th uh theories and theses i want to throw this one out there i don't i kind of googled it real quick but i didn't see much talk about it uh everybody goes like you know maybe batman should be black or this should you know i was like 
has anybody said this? I think the Joker should be black because every time I see the Joker story, it's always some white dude. I mean, Jack Nicholson gets thrown into a vat and he's a criminal. I'm sorry. Even the latest one with um, uh, Phoenix, whatever. It was just a white dude. His mom lied to him. He had a shitty job and then he wanted to be a comedian and didn't. I'm sorry. You want to talk about a guy who's really fucked over by society or a woman, a person of color who is really fucked by the system, snaps. and But you know what I'm saying? But that That's really someone who would be like, I want to don makeup and just take everybody out. I am done playing this. But just like but, the way they gave the white guy the, the, the oh, I snapped. It's always like, eh, No, but if, right. you, if, it, if you think about it, like, it would be great to have some of the characters from Batman. Like, they made Catwoman black, and that was very exciting to me for the last couple of times. Like, yeah. yes, I know the Halle Berry costume. That was a whole controversy about that. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I was like, she look cute. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, like, they will never give somebody with that much dialogue a person of color. Furthermore, somebody's already so far down the system. Somebody's already so frustrated they don't give mounts of intelligence to do what the joker's doing and that's the thing i was like i keep telling them i was like i wish the riddler was a woman yeah because when they did the other ones they put um the woman poison ivy sort yeah. of that was like the poison ivy. but like i like to tell people i was like you don't see a lot of people coloring batman because batman is about a white man playing savior with other white people playing savior because they can go ahead and fix the broken system that they have but like none of no one of the bad guys in batman that i know of is black not even vain but if they wow. were they would start this conversation of oh um should that be appropriate because in this movie if you notice the new one with robert pattinson which he mm -hmm. did a really good job in it i enjoyed it pretty well I, I was just like look it's the emo batman <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I was like, eh. but <laughs> if you notice, people, all these white men were saying, it was like, oh, they only made the bad guys the white people. Yeah, because if you actually put a person of color, they'd be very nuanced. You'd be, you'd be having a very different but conversation. First, like, it's supposed, first of all, Gotham is like New York City. Yeah. And you cannot tell me that little gang of kids was not Latin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not tell me that they were Latin or black. Yeah. First of all. Second of all, they put an Asian person in distress to go ahead and show what has been happening. In, in they were putting what's going on in the world in the movie. Yeah. And like these bros decide to say, oh, well, like all the bad people were white. I was like, they usually are. Yeah. Like I even told my husband, I was like, he loves a godfather. Yeah. Show me a person of color in the godfather. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I, I oh, I that's how it. I won the argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh. I was just like, <laughs> but yeah. no, it's just like, I would like to see if anything, I would like to see how Batman works as a black man. Yeah, I would like to see, oh, yeah, a, like, I think the best, if we're gonna talk about superhero movies, Spawn, John Leguizamo, and I can't remember who played Spawn. The actor's name but that, yeah but that movie that movie had two villains that were people of color and also it was like a a hero that was you know fighting for justice but also like deemed to be in hell 
Yeah. Like you had that, you know, the good and evil. I haven't watched it in a while. Never... I have to go back and see it. You should, because when you see it, you're going to be like, damn it, Bella. <laughs> this movie's much deeper than just this guy with these cool powers. It's it's a thing, because like when you see the suffering in the determinant of good and evil, you see it from a person of color perspective versus in a white man that has just gone rogue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're about to uh, just close it off here, Bia, in a few minutes. Before we do, um, just anything that... Uh, you want to tell people, especially, you know, any information on the documents community on how to find um, organizations that are great. I know you gave us just a few, but if you just like, you know, give us the rundown so we can put it all together and where they can find you, you know, for resources and stuff. So there's a ton of organizations that are absolutely amazing in Ohio. I touched on um, with Lynn Tremonti over with Immigrant, uh, Immigrant Alliance. And then I've also touched with uh, Young Latino Network. Um, you, the best resources are going to be on social media. Mm -hmm. And if you need anything as far as domestic violence and uh, escaping domestic violence, LGBTQIA centers are going to be safe spaces for you to go ahead and find a space. Those are open to everybody and you can find them anywhere. As far as um, social justice stuff, um, listen to black and brown leadership right now because they're the ones that are going to save your butt from going to <laughs> protesting. Remember to vote in midterm elections. That is incredibly important. I don't care that we we'll essentially are going to have to undo the damage that we have done for the last, that was done to us for the last, yeah. like, I don't know, four years. It doesn't get undone in yeah. one presidency. So even though they're not my favorite, uh, <laughs> we need to go ahead and mo mobilize locally. Yeah get all those people out and reestablish what we need to do because I don't think people understand we cannot reestablish Roe v. Wade that easily. Also, email your representative, email the president, email the vice president. You can as a constituent and even a documenter person with an with an actual alias or, or anonymous complaint, you can get a hold of the government and let them know that there's unjust. Also, the UN will act as a status of conversation in between because technically not technically they are war crimes those centers that they put up they're war crimes yeah. and you have to be reporting those to the un because the un will come and along with the european union for the united states furthermore stop being scared you're we're already fucked <laughs> we're already yeah, fucked. yeah 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 stop being scared literally arm yourself with knowledge resources uh with self-protection and with awareness because something that's scarier then honestly, then the Tukui is a well-educated Latino, Mexicano, like undocumented immigrant. Because when you know your rights, which you do have rights in an undocumented person, they cannot take them away from you. Yeah. I guarantee you that. If you need to get a hold of me, just Google Bella Sin. Bella Sin Burlesque is my email at Gmail. I'm on all social medias. You can get a hold of Che and they can get a hold of me. If you need anything whatsoever, just remember that there is a whole community of people rooting for you, especially to my all LGBTQIA Latinos. We see you. We hear you. We're here for you. If you're anywhere that you need help, come and find us. We're here to help you. Colors Plus will be here to help you in Ohio, and we'll find a way to get you up here. So, you know, the final frontier is just probably going back home at this point. 
<laughs> but we're gonna stay and fight as much as we could. But thank you yeah. for for your time and for all thank your you knowledge me. and resource and all stuff today. I had a great time talking to you, and I really hope that one day we get to just like hang out and talk and oh, no, dinner gonna, or, or rally together happen. or something. It's gonna happen sooner yes. than you think. Yeah, oh, great. I'm, I'm oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to, to march in the streets with you or whatever. Just be, being your presence is gonna be. Oh, awesome. we're we're very much planning to bring you to Cleveland. Well. You'll just have to send that email soon as soon as we find out a couple of things because I was like, oh. I was like, I need to have him as an MC, make it happen. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Then I would, I, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, but we'll talk and uh, yeah, please follow follow them on Bellson and uh, have a good one. Thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, Bye. Bye. Mobilize. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.